Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen, joined, as always, by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and Pittsburgh Steelers scout, Ike Taylor. IT, it's been too many moons. I'd argue you've been ducking me because I correctly predicted that the 49ers and Chiefs would square off in the Super Bowl. It's been that long since we've been on a pod together. Man, I'm, this a, morning, my man. I'm good, man. I'm going to duck my dog, man. You called it. You called it. I've just been busy. You know, we've been... uh. Just been sitting up here in Pittsburgh in this in this draft room, just trying to get everything figured out. So, uh, I mean, but you you called a month ago last year. You you called it. You called. You said the Chiefs and the and the Niners gonna be in there, and I ain't think the Chiefs was gonna be in there. But man, you saw something I ain't see. <laughs> hey, let's pay the bills before we get too far along because we have a loaded pod today. Today's episode of Believe in Steelers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, and while it is the off season. Combine's going to be later this month. We've got the draft in April. We'll get team over under win totals at some point in time. There's a ton of other sports that you can bet on. BetOnline.ag will take care of all of those needs. Yeah, that fast. 365, 24-7, regardless on what sport, regardless on what time. Make sure y'all go to BetOnline.ag. You can use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. If you're watching Believe in Steelers, you can see that on your screen right now. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ike, we got to get things started here. Mitch Trubisky released after two seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what this means is that Kenny Pickett is the only quarterback under contract right now. So we get to talk out today what Pittsburgh's going to do at the quarterback position in 2024 because there are going to be changes. Man, shout out to Wendy Mitch uh, for wearing a black and gold coming in, giving us all his services. Um, but, you know, that's just the business side of it, Mark, and it's way above my pay grade. But mm-hmm. uh, Money Mitch came in, did what he had to do, um, respectfully Pittsburgh doing what they had to do, letting him go early so he can go out and see what's out there. So, you know, that's it's, it's a it's a, uh, it's, it's a win for Money Mitch, and, I, and I'm sure he understands, like, don't hold me. If y'all going to do something good, don't do it early. So, uh, from a from a veteran side, yeah, it's it's a it's a bittersweet um, situation, but at the same time, when you're doing something like this, and what I mean by that is letting me go early, man. You give me opportunities to to have choices on what I need to do. But big shout out to Monday Mitch, man, for coming into the Pittsburgh Steelers and doing what he needed to do at the time he was up. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out why the Steelers granted him a contract extension. He went two in one in relief of an injured Kenny Pickett a season ago. And so I've been saying this for several weeks now, Ike, where when he came in this past season Mm -hmm. and didn't get it done, and he was making $8 million, that's the 28th highest paid contract to a quarterback in the entire league, when you're not getting that premium performance from a backup and you're paying for that, 
you know, you don't want $8 million at the quarterback position sitting on the bench holding a clipboard. So when that didn't happen and then Mason Rudolph came in and lit it up coming back on a league minimum this past season, it makes sense what the Steelers did with this decision. Now, I think what Pittsburgh tries to do is, okay, the money that they're allocating to Trubisky, maybe you try to offer that to Mason Rudolph, but Mason Rudolph... I don't know what to make of these reports that I see right now, Ike, where they say, oh, well, he wants a change of scenery, if that's just a negotiating tactic. But I would imagine that Pittsburgh will try to bring Rudolph back, considering how he played in the three regular season games to close the season and then in the playoff game. The locker room level, his 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 teammates level, what he did for that, for that, for that span, Towards the end of the season last year, pushing into the playoffs, you gotta love them. But at the same time, uh, that's above my pay grade. So the front office and the coaching staff, man, they gotta check check the temperature on that. But far as like Mason Rudolph, he done earned himself some money. Um, wherever yeah. he get his money, whatever team he's gonna be at over the span towards the end of the season, um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, like Mason came in and he did. Um, probably more than what people expected. And for sure, uh, kept him on fire. Went into Seattle, caught fire. Um, honestly, uh, just just putting the Pittsburgh Steelers um, stamp of approval on what offense, what they thought the offense should look like when Mason got his opportunity. Um, I think everybody got excited. After the first game, Mason just kind of took off Cincinnati. Um, he just took off, not Cincinnati. Um, was it the uh, Ravens? Let me let me pull this up. I the schedule yeah. when he came in the last four games. It was after the Colts game started against Cincinnati, Seattle, yes. and then Baltimore to close the season. Yeah, Cincinnati. He took off on it. Um, Baltimore had rested their starters. Mason still did what he needed to do, and uh, when this to Seattle, the hostile environment. Both of them had to win. Both of them had to win a game to put themselves in position for the playoffs. Took them all the way over to the West Coast in a hostile environment and won it. So Mason Mason did exactly what he wanted to do, winning the Buffalo, um, and just kind of like, you know, did what he needed to do. We just ran out of time and and, and blew some chances. To be Ike, honest, Ike, you? you're bearing the lead here. You're bearing the lead here. You always say, I, I think Mason Rudolph has earned himself some cheese. Yeah, he definitely he definitely earned himself some cheese. I don't know if we're gonna give him the cheese, but Somebody gonna give somebody gonna give him the cheese. I just know the locker room. Um, just looking at it from afar, the locker room and his teammates love him. And I think part of it too, Ike, is for what price, right? So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm just gonna put this out there. It's just my opinion. Right. I'd offer him two years for ten million total and kind of try to go from there. He'll probably want more. At the same time, I don't want to pay a premium for someone who's likely to be a backup if he comes back to Pittsburgh, though open competition between he and Kenny Pickett. Now, again, we we can talk a lot about that, but if it's not Rudolph, then you're going to have to bring in someone to be the backup because even if you're Kenny Pickett's biggest defender, and I don't think it went quite how he expected it to go in year two, he hasn't stayed healthy. So he didn't do that as a rookie, didn't stay healthy for the full season when he, once he was the starter. And then this past season, so with Pickett, it's like six touchdowns, four interceptions. And I know that doesn't account for rushing totals. I get it. 
but like I, there are quarterbacks in the league that have thrown six touchdown passes in a single game. So whoever you bring in, whether it's competition or whether you say, okay, we're rolling with Kenny Pickett as the starter, the backup role is going to be very, very important at the quarterback position. And the first name I look to, considering that you bring in Arthur Smith, is his familiarity with Ryan Tannehill, who's a free agent. So that's probably the first name that I look at it from a free agent standpoint is if you're not able to bring Mason Rudolph back, that is a possibility for Pittsburgh. I mean, Mason just put himself in a good position, you know. O- overall, in general, he, ma- he put himself in position to make money. Um, he mm-hmm. put some hot tape out there. We'll see what uh, O.C. Arthur Smith wants to do. Um, Kenny, Kenny is a good position right now because no, nobody's on a roster other than him <laughs> officially when it comes down to that quarterback position. And Mason had made himself some money on the way he played. Um, if you just If you listen to his exit interview, Mason was just like, you know, man, I I stopped having the jitters in the pocket. I've grown to sit um, and go through my progression in the pocket. To, and when I need to run, I run. And, you know, his wide receivers, um, the OCs at the time, he took command. Of all, like Mason, Mason, just point blank period. Mason just won himself, um, made himself a lot of, I don't know, I ain't going to say a lot of money, but now he has options and he has a good tape out there. Well, well Ike, this is – you know, not overstated. He will make more than the league minimum this upcoming season. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, and I mean, he, he told reporters that he was considering like commercial real estate after this season. And he gets his opportunity at the very end of the year and made the most of it. So what happens with Rudolph, I, I think we got to talk a little bit about fields. I know a lot of people have mentioned, do you want to mention durability issues with Kenny Pickett? Okay. The turnovers. Okay who he had in Chicago. But I'll say this, Ike, where I land is second rounder at most. I would not offer a first round pick for Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. It will be the final year of his rookie deal. If you pick up the fifth year option, all of that. Um, but if you trade that draft capital for Fields as well, to me, what you'd be signaling is Kenny Pickett is then your QB too. So I think Chicago is going to want as much as they can get for Justin Fields. But then I'm also like, okay, who's Pittsburgh competing against to acquire him? Maybe Atlanta. I could say maybe Seattle. I don't see Vegas as a possibility there, considering that the Raiders just brought in Luke Getze, Fields offense coordinator this past year, and it didn't work. Luke Getze got fired in Chicago. So yes, the Bears are going to want as much as possible for Justin Fields, I don't know how many suitors there, there are going to be. And the Bears have the number one overall pick. It's I'm assuming they'll draft Caleb Williams with that. But how all of that shakes out, I think Pittsburgh's in the mix there. But again, the question I have is if you're trying to, if Chicago's being shrewd in its negotiations, who you're competing against, I just, I don't see a ton of suitors right now for Justin Fields. And again, I mean, the turnovers would be a concern. And um, the durability issues as well. If I'm going to be that critical of Kenny Pickett, I have to be that critical of Justin Fields. But I think that's another possibility for the Steelers. Yeah, I just take one team. I know you talked about the durability part and the turnovers, but mm-hmm. I mean, to to Justin Fields' defense, uh, offensive coordinators, head coaches, um, just in my mind, just using my talent. And putting and putting people around um, what you think I'm 
I'm real good at. So to my strength. So that's that's how I look at Justin Fields. Like yo, your good coaches, man. They 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 evaluate their quarterback, especially with that kind of talent. It's Justin Fields. Yeah. You evaluate the quarterback and you just run with his strengths and make sure he just understands his weaknesses and you put talent around him. So that's 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 exactly how I look at that. Um so I won't say this without being rude. So so Justin Fields defense. Um, I know it's a lot of talk, and I know they got a few high picks, one pick in a, in a twenty twenty four draft, and I know you know Kayla Williams is. I mean, Kayla Williams is different. Just watching tape on him yesterday and seeing what he can do with that football, he all the way different. But Justin Fields is different too, as mm-hmm. well, and his in his own right. So I don't know. I don't know if the Pittsburgh Steelers going to pursue. Justin Fields, um, that's above my pay grade. So I just let you take off on that one. Omar be hot as heck if he if he if he hear me talking about Justin Fields and <laughs> what we got going on. So <laughs> I uh the upside, what I would say is this too, his first two years in the Bears organization, they did him mm-hmm. favors. Mm-hmm. He can't throw the football to himself. And really until this past season when he had DJ Moore, he didn't have the talent from the skilled position players that you need as a young quarterback in the NFL, not to mention, let's just keep recycling through coaches and what that does to a young player where it's like, what's the old analogy, Ike, where you put a Band-Aid on a flush wound? That's not going to work either. So in his defense, he's been dealing with that in Chicago. So Pittsburgh goes after him where I land is maybe a second-round pick. I consider it. Mm-hmm. Third rounder, I have no hesitation. Let's send the deal over immediately. Right. Second round picks, kind of where I'm like, you you could talk me into that. First rounder, no, I I'm out. That's that's where I come down and where I land with the possibility of trading for Fields. Yeah, uh, I mean, your good organizations they see the talent and they draft the receiver for Justin Fields. They draft a tight end for Justin Fields. They mm-hmm. draft for offensive lineman for Justin Fields. That's 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 how I, that's what I that's what I see when they when they like when they like a quarterback. I mean, just look at what Houston did last year in the draft with C.J. Stroud and company. They got Tank. Um, they already had a few pieces together, so they they draft and they when they know they got a quarterback, they draft in the receiver. That's a that's a heck of a relationship, you know. So. Um, that's why I say let's let's I gotta give Justin Fields some some kind of some kind of credit. Like you get your receiver in Chicago, you get your tight end in Chicago. I'm talking about high too. And when Justin Fields was coming out uh a couple of years ago, for sure he could have got him a number more receiver. They could have got him a number more receiver. For sure they could have got him a number one tight end. And we and then we'll just put all the pieces. Together, so either you gonna get a left tackle, you get you a left tackle, you get your left tackle high, you get you a, a tight end high, and you get your receiver high, and then we'll just we'll figure out. We already know what Justin Fields can and can't do, so we'll just figure out. Hey man, we're gonna lean all the way on his strengths. So what's that man? We're gonna hit all these RPOs. So I'm gonna get him a big receiver who gonna come in in the cold weather when it gets windy in Chicago. And I'm gonna get him a, a big left tackle who will come in, who can protect him from the blind side. And I'm gonna get him a, 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 a old school throwback, um, Iowa, Iowa State, 
some somebody from the cold weather that gonna catch the ball in in the wintertime in Chicago. Like that's exactly what I'm gonna do. Like that that's just my thinking, Mark. I'm just talking like if I was the uh, the gym. But you know, to 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 his defense, man, going through your OCs, um, front office at the time, it's tough on Justin Fields because there's a lot of talent over there. The things you're describing, Broderick Jones, George Pickens, you know, you can let my mind wander, Ike. You shrug yeah. your shoulders. I got you. I'm just Ike. saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. A uh, few other names we need to mention. Kirk Cousins is out mm. there. Here's where I'm at with Kirk Cousins, right? If he wants like 40 plus mil and go back and look at his contracts that he's earned over his career, he's accustomed to playing in a dome in Minnesota. Look at Kirk Cousins' record in big games. And I'm just going to leave that at that. I think it would be an upgrade at quarterback, but at what price? And does that take you over the top considering the loaded quarterback talent we have in the AFC? So Kirk Cousins, I'm kind of out on. And I think he actually returns to Minnesota because I think the Vikings are going to look around and say, oh, well, can we upgrade at quarterback? Maybe Mason Rudolph is a is a fit there potentially, but Minnesota is not going to want, want to mess around with this. It's as simple as this for me. Justin Jefferson's going into the final year of his contract. You want to keep him in a Vikings uniform for as long as possible, given what he can do with the football, what he can do to get open. I think Minnesota's going to look around and be like, you know what? The possibilities of improving at this position just aren't there this offseason relative to where we're at in the draft, relative to free agency. And I think he runs it back again in Minnesota coming off a season-ending injury. Yeah, if I'm if I'm Minnesota, I'm running the back with Kurt. Like, Kurt is Minnesota. Kurt, Kurt is – you can say – we can say we want to say what he can and what he can't do when it comes down to big games. Ask Justin Jefferson who he want for his quarterback. I guarantee you he will say Kurt Cousins. So, ask the offense, ask the offense who they want. I guarantee you they're going to say Kurt Cousins. Just the city in general. Um, Kurt Cousins is the Vikings. Minnesota have grown to like Kurt – I'm sure Kurt and his family have grown to like Minnesota. So, yeah, it, yeah, people always think the grass is greener because they're looking at other teams. But there's not too much talent like a Patrick Mahomes. There's not too much talent like a like a Joe Burrow when he's healthy. There's not too much talent like a like a like a Lamar like a Lamar Jackson. The talent the talent ain't like that all the time. You know what I'm saying? There's not somebody schematically on the NFC. It's like a Kyle Shanahan. You feel me? Ain't no, ain't nobody schematically gonna be like uh, Coach Sean McVay. So when we get to talking like that, man, like everybody just look, and that's the problem, man. Like a lot of teams just look at um, other teams and what they have, and be like, I want the same thing. Well, the same thing might not be be suited for you, <laughs> or it might not be good for you, mm-hmm. or it might not be your style. I know, just my personal opinion. Mark Kirk Cousins is Minnesota, Minnesota. He's their style. So for for me, I feel like if you ain't know no better, you you feel like Kirk Cousins was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, from from what I see from afar, on how he takes care of one of that one of that city, two of that offense. So you, you yeah, you, you got teammates loving him, Mike. Look at the plane when he puts on the gold chain, and his teammates love you know, him. They love man. Listen, when you got a quarterback like that, and your quarterback out of character, but he's comfortable enough with his teammates. <laughs> And he's putting on gold chains and acting like a rapper. Then when you put him at the NFL award shows and he has his own like script at the award shows, it's like, dang. Cause you know, you, when you think of Kirk Cousins, a Christian dude, dad, um, 
active in the community, you think of like low key chill. But when you got Kurt flipping over to the other side or just like, you know what, let me catch a breath of fresh air and let me just chill with my teammates. Like he's he's one of the boys and he's not trying to be one of the boys. His personality just coming out. So you know how you just wake somebody's personality up? I think Minnesota and his teammates have just woken his personality out and they love it. <laughs> they love it because it's authentic. It's nothing scripted with Kurt. So, yeah, man, if I ain't on no bet, I thought Kurt Cousins got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. So in my mind, they better bring they better bring Kurt back. <laughs> I, I hope once in a while I'm out of character on this podcast. Just just once in a while. Oh yeah, every 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 now and then. Once every blue moon. Yeah, you go. You, you go on your rant sometimes. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, sucks. Pop one headphone out and just feel like, <laughs> like man, this dude on one today. When you when you get on your rants, I'd be like, man, this dude on one today. Uh, Ike, a few other names we need to mention. We'll go to the next topic. Uh, Russell Wilson. I just, you know, he brings a lot to the table in terms of his resume, his pedigree. Again, would depend on price. Uh, I'd kind of lean towards no there, just given where he's at in his career. And then Gardner Minshew's possibilities, backup. I mean, we'll see. I got uh, a lot of time between the offseason. I'm sure there are probably three, four, five other names out there that Pittsburgh could get in free agency. The two names in drafts I wanted to make mention of, Michael Pratt out of Tulane and then Spencer Rattler out of South Carolina, mid to late rounds. Uh, in the NFL draft. Again, a lot of this is going to be contingent upon what happens with contract negotiations with Mason Rudolph. But remember, too, free agencies after the draft. So I cannot wait to see what Pittsburgh ends up doing in terms of figuring out who the quarterbacks that are going to be on the roster. Because we know Kenny Pickett will be there, but right now that is the only certainty that we have at this point in time in February. Yeah, as soon as Mr. Irrelevant, Mr. Irrelevant get drafted, um, for the for the 2024 NFL draft, man, you know that that free agency gonna be a whole frenzy for real. It always is. It always is. Ike, a uh, few other topics to get to. Steelers releasing Chooks Okorafor and Presley Harvin the third. I'll start with Chooks. He was the highest paid lineman on the Steelers offensive lineman that is, and there was disciplinary reasons. He gets benched. Broderick Jones comes in and never gives that position back the rookie out of Georgia. So to me, it's like, you know, if you're going to have someone that you're is the highest paid lineman on your team as a swing tackle and not starting on the field, the decision makes sense. Uh, and that can get to Presley Harvin, the the third Ike, but if you have anything about Chooks or Corfor, go ahead and hop in here. No, I mean, I mean, that's a business side, man. You got to do what yeah. you got to do. Um, Shout out to Chooks for giving <laughs> giving the Pittsburgh Steelers his services at a time we was here, but that's just the business of it, uh, Mark, Mark. I get it. I get it. Ike, and then uh, I want to bring up this tweet from mm. our friend Alex Kazora from Steelers Depot. Mm. With Presley Harvin the third, to me, is the consistency, or what I should say, lack thereof, the mm. lack of consistency. He had the ability to do the job, Ike. I have no doubt about that. That's the oh, reason yeah. why he won the Ray Guy Award right. when he was at Georgia Tech coming out. Uh, of the draft and then mm -hmm. why the Steelers drafted him in the seventh round. But I look at this right now, 2021, 33rd in the NFL for gross average among punters, 2022, 28th out of 34 in this past season, 32nd out of 33. So it's the consistency with Presley in terms of 
consistently being able to flip the field from a special team standpoint? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you, if you remember, if you just look at how I remember Hall coming out of the Georgia Tech, left footed, uh, powerful leg, powerful leg. And when we got him, I was like, holy moly, like we, we, we got us something right here. But, you know, for the most part, um, just looking at just looking at them stats, it just didn't translate, you know, consistently. So he'll give you a few good ones, like, all right, now we're talking. Then there go them other ones. You be like, come on, come on, Hog. He'll give you a few good ones. Like, all right, man, now, now, now we're talking. That's what I'm talking about. Then he'll give you, he'll give you some more. Be like, come on, come on, Hog. But um, that's just that's just the nature of 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 the business. Um, but yeah. You just—it's just disappointing for me because I—I I know Hall and I cool as cool as cool as dude, Mark. But it's just—I mean, because you—you see the talent in the leg because you seen that Georgia Tech, it, like it's just what you just said before you started off the consistency part. Yeah, and the one thing I look at for whoever the Steelers puncher is next is being more consistent, but then the holding too to make sure that. Chris Boswell can keep knocking him through. And I thought Boswell had a great redemption season mm-hmm. when he had a bad year in 2022. And then in 2018, the common denominator there to me was injuries. So that to me, something I'm looking at is can you flip the field? Can you get those averages better relative to the other punters in the league? And then just the placeholding, which is an important factor that we don't talk a lot about, but that is one thing I could say about Presley Harvin III is I thought he was pretty good at the placeholding, which should be a given. And then he did not have a single punt block during his tenure with the Steelers either. But Pittsburgh should be able to make an upgrade there. I'm confident that they will Ooh. for 2024 and beyond. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the portion of the show where I go on a little bit of a rant. It's early, so I'm not going to get too fired up. But uh, this is no knock on Miles Garrett, right? right like right. He's a tremendous player in his own right. But him winning defensive player over the year over TJ Watt. Let's let's wait a second. Let's look let's look at some stats, okay? Tackles, solo tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, quarterback hits, same amount of forced fumbles, okay. Fumble recoveries, passes defensed, interceptions, touchdowns, takeaways. Uh, oh, Miles Garrett didn't win those. TJ Watt did. And he didn't win defensive player of the year. The one thing I could say about Garrett would be for the fact that the Browns had a better record by a single game this year. Not saying Miles Garrett never deserves to win defensive player of the year, but like, what are we doing? TJ Watts, the best defensive player. And, oh, if you want one other argument for me, I let's go look at the last four games in the production at the end of the season, when it is vital that you're playing at your highest level. Go look at those stats too. I rest my case. Yeah, shout out to Miles Garrett, man, for winning, you know, defensive player of the year. But from from your perspective and my perspective, Mark, I mean, if you're just talking about all the categories and not all them categories, um, 
TJ Watt pretty much leading all the categories. I, I mean, a few of them categories you're talking about, um, batted balls, touchdowns, um, interceptions, you would think that you're talking about a, a safety, a line, uh, inside linebacker or a cornerback. No, we're talking about outside linebacker, edge rusher getting to the quarterback and TJ Watt and his stats. Uh, when you're talking about a team and who's in a team record, when they playing, when they're not playing, the most valuable person on that team, you're talking about TJ Watt. When you're talking about when he comes in the game, when you're looking for a play, uh, regardless on what time it is, and usually it's a crucial time, you're talking about TJ Watt. If you don't want to give, the, if you don't think the man can go back to back, if you, if you say TJ Watt ain't going to do in 23 when he did in 22, and you don't want to give it to him, just say you don't want to give it to him because he gave you stats plus more plus be and played better than he did the year that he won the uh, defensive player of the year before. But for me, man, it's, 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 it was a no-brainer in my mind, and this is no disrespect to Miles Garrett. I'm just saying, man, the most valuable person on that team was T.J. White. And when you want the most valuable person to play like the most valuable player on your team consistently, it's T.J. White. So when you just look at the, the, the production, not even the production, the body of work um, throughout the league, um, the chips, um, what I mean by the chips, the tight ends lining up on his sides, the running backs lining up on his sides, just to slow him down, and he's still having these kind of stats. When you look at uh, the, the, the Monday night football games, the Thursday night football games, the primetime football games, and you're like, man, you know, Pittsburgh still is offense was struggling at the moment, man. Who going to make a play? Who going to score on defense is, is T.J. Watt. When you look at look at look at trying to, you know, change the momentum consistently week after week after week after week, getting to the quarterback. When you just look at when you just look at it from an offensive coordinator standpoint, Mark, you was like, all right, we're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do we need to stop on defense? And you still can't stop him. His name is T.J. White. So it's not like you're going into the building when you see the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. It's one guy we're going to have to stop, and it's going to be TJ, and you still can't stop this dude. But just over his consistency and his body and work, and like we were saying throughout the year, Mark, just over his stats and what the man have done, you think we're talking about a corner or inside linebacker or a safety position when it comes down to some of them stats on that list. No, we're talking about TJ Watt. So, yeah, you could, they can could say what they want to say, but in my mind, in my mind, and this is no disrespect to, to Miles, but – in my mind, TJ won it all day. There's a bigger discussion I want to have about this really briefly, Ike. Um, you mentioned chips. Have you seen the movie Rounders with mm -hmm. Matt Damon, Edward Norton? Mm -hmm. There's a line in that movie where, poker movie, Matt Damon says something along the lines of, you know, you don't lose if you don't put it, your chips in the middle, but you can't win a lot either. And there's times you have to go all in. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that moment is for the Pittsburgh Steelers to go all in. But what I would say is this, they have the best defensive player and one of the best players in all of football on their roster, producing at a very high level right now in TJ Watt. The reality is though, he hasn't won a playoff game yet. And at what point in time do you say, you know what, we're going all in and we're going to go and do what we need to do and be aggressive as an organization to go on and try to win a Super Bowl and win number seven. I don't know what that moment is. I don't think you can be hasty in being overly aggressive to where then you don't get it done. And you see, you know, there's a there's a build to pay for that meal, Ike. We saw it with the Rams 
when they got rid of all their draft picks and it was cool and they had all this talent and then <laughs> you got to pay everybody too. I don't know what that moment is. The one thing missing with TJ Watt right now would be the playoff success. But I'll say this too. If he keeps performing at the level that he has with 20 plus sacks a year for the next three years, he's a first ballot hall of famer. So at what point do you go all in? That's what I'm looking at this from a bigger picture standpoint, even though right now we're arguing that, you know, I, I don't think, I think it's a joke that he didn't win the, this award over Miles Garrett just because of what voter fatigue We're we're tired of awarding greatness year in year out. No, it happened to Michael Jordan too. It happens to a lot of the greats. Uh, Michael Jordan with the league MVP, go and look at that, the 97 season with Carl Malone. You know, I, I get that we get bored of, voting for the same guy year after year after year. But I don't even understand what the argument is with Garrett other than to say, okay, yeah, the Browns were better by a game. Come on. Come on. Yeah, good. That flame kind of went out the last five games of the season for, for miles too. When it comes down to production, that flame ain't never went out for, for TJ when it came down to to production like actually towards going towards the end of the season you know tj flame kind of like got hotter and that's when and that's when that's exactly when you need your flame to get hotter leading up to towards the end of the season trying to make a push for that playoff it's it's tj made enough plays for the nfl to to be like god damn this dude is the best in the world at his position i ain't even talking about the best player on the best player on the field I'm talking about the best in the world, and let alone the best player on the field. Um, he he has that quarterback impact. He just so happened to play outside linebacker. And Did I land the play, Nike, with the with the analogy with with rounders? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry, snuck, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you snuck that in. I did. I like that. I like that. But yeah, TJ just different, bro. Um, I think Coach T called him an alien for sure. He's definitely an alien, and you can't say that about too many people. It just so happened we got two of them. But I don't want to get off script. All good. Ike, keep it on the defensive front. Cam Hayward winning Walter Payton Man of the Year. Mm. I think he could run for mayor in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm going to say two things. Number one, it made me a little bit sad because he's going into a contract season. He'll be 35 next year. And I think this is going to be the last year where he makes the kind of money he's making right now because he's performed at the highest level at the highest level in the NFL. What I would say is this. Um, he's done his dad proud. Ironhead Hayward, who also has ties to the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I thought this was great to see someone who is so deserving win this award. But it made me sad because he's going to be 35 and entering the final year of his deal with the Steelers, Ike. And you tell me this all the time and saying it is a young man's game. Oh, yeah. I would love to see the Steelers say, hey, we'll keep you around for a few more years, spread that money around. And I don't know how long he'll want to continue to play. But it, it, how I think about Cam Hayward is what Mike Tomlin said earlier this offseason about Pouncey, saying that he performed at a level high enough that was capable of being a champion. It's the same thing with Cam Hayward is that playoff success. I would love to see him win a Lombardi in a Steelers uniform. Those were the things that it made me nostalgic, Ike, of he's been, you know, you were his teammate too, and he's held that that standard as the standard, what it means to be a Stealer. I want to give you the floor, Ike. I'm rambling at this point, but 
I thought all of these things when I heard that he won Walter Payton Man of the Year. Yeah, big big shout out to Cam for winning Walter Payton Man of the Year. Um, but that's just Cam. Like Cam, not only can run for mayor in the city of Pittsburgh, Cam can be in office for the league for the NFL, mm-hmm. and whatever the league want to do with Cam. That's how important Cam is to the NFL. Uh, Cam, um, and yeah, we talk about the father of time. Father of time, I always catch up with you. I don't care who you is. But Cam, his importance, not only for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, not only as a leader, not only as a captain, not only as the production, not only a future Hall of Fame in my mind, but Cam, just a good dude in general. You hit, you nailed it early and said his dad would be proud. Um, ties in Pittsburgh from his dad, Ironhead, he was playing that running back position. Pittsburgh wind up drafting his son, and his son has put on a – long as productive Hall of Fame resume. And he's just so happy to be that good in the community, that good of a, of a person, that good of a teammate. Um, you say the standard is the standard, Mark. And that's exactly when, you, when you're building or when you want a football player to check all the boxes, you say you, you point directly towards Cam Hayward and say model this guy. Right here, and that's and that's and that's Cam. Um, we couldn't we couldn't have gotten a better person, not only for the city, um, not only for the representation of the organization in the city, than Cam. So um, yeah, we'll see we'll see what Pittsburgh wants to do. Um, he's he's pushing. He's going to be thirty five, but shout out to Cam on winning Walter Payton Man of the Year. Um, everything is authentic with him. So. That's what you get. that's what you gotta love about him. Yeah. Uh Ike, we gotta move on. Final topic of the show. Chiefs repeating as Super Bowl champions. I know I've talked to you about this in the mm. past. First team to do this since 03, 04 with the New England Patriots. As a player, like I know you've talked about the difficulty of repeating as Super Bowl champions. It had been the longest drought in NFL history for teams to repeat as Super Bowl champions, but can you just explain why, Ike? I know we've talked about it in the past, but like how hard that is to do from one year to the next to say we're going to win the championship again because now there's discussions of three-peating. You know, I don't know if we need to go that far, but... Yeah, you might as well. Why? why? You, you might okay. as well go that far. Okay, you, Ike, you go, might, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, you might as well go that far. Um, that's how good Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid combination. That's how good that duo is. That's how that's that's how sweet of a relationship they have. That's how magical Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid um, are together. So it, it, it's it's not far fetched. And you can say what you want to say. What what I'm starting to realize is people run and see you win. They don't want to see you win that much. <laughs> and 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 Patrick Mahomes and company and Andy Reid and company. Um, we all I, I've been at it to a fault. Man, it's gonna be tough. When Tyreek, when Cheetah leave, we're gonna see what they do. When Cheetah leave, one on one. Oh man, it's gonna be tough, man. Coach Eric Bienemy, man, Eric Bienemy, Coach Eric Bienemy had that locker room. Man, if it's one, if it was one important piece to that puzzle, it was Eric Bienemy and what they wound up doing. When the championship, when 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 it wasn't looking good earlier. See, Patrick Mahomes checked the box off when he lost Cheetah. Patrick Mahomes, when we when we talk about it, they don't look the same. They're not scoring points like that. 
Mm-hmm. Well, heck, Patrick Mahomes didn't have a – Patrick Mahomes finally out of his career had a fire defense, fire defense. So finally this year, you didn't have to put it on his shoulders. He just said, man, wait to the playoffs and I got – get y'all get me to the playoffs and I got y'all. Let, let's Patrick, talk about the defense for a second, Ike, for a second. Chris Jones, but then McDuffie, who we loved out of Washington. Oh, bro. Go back and look at the tape for when we were oh, doing draft evals. We oh, loved bro. that guy. All pro, so he wound up he wound up being all pro this year, and and he and he displayed that in the Super Bowl. So yeah, and they had to go on the road. So they had one game, they had one game at the crib, then they had to slide on the road twice. They had to go to Buffalo and beat Josh. They had to go to the Ravens and beat Lamar. And we talking about two fire and they prime quarterbacks. We talking about an MVP and Lamar Jackson, and we talking about Josh Allen being Josh Allen. In the playoffs, huh, how difficult it is to beat him when it comes down to Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes said, hold on, let me take care of this first one. Bam, I take care of this first playoff game at the crib. After we finish this first playoff game at the crib, we're going to slide over to Buffalo where y'all think it's cold and y'all want those snowballs at it. We're going to beat y'all and Josh, Josh Allen. Then we're going to go to the league MVP in, in, a tough, in a tough environment with a tough Ravens defense. We're gonna, what an offense Tough, that guy. like the league's best, Ike. Man, listen, league's best defense. We're going to slide over there to y'all, and we're going to beat y'all too. Now we're in, we in it for the Super Bowl. And, oh, man, we was, we, we was, we was underdogs. We wasn't favorite too. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes took it personal as a underdog. He had the underdog route. The Chiefs put the – Chiefs, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl – in an underdog fashion, he had a chip on his shoulder, and you saw it. Because this 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 year's Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs won't nothing pretty about it. Yeah, won't not, won't yeah. won't won't he did what he needed to do, Ike, and that to me is the beauty of. Get me. I'm saying he's in my Mount Rushmore now. You've got oh, Brady, you've got Montana, Man, Mahomes is at worst three there. At worst three. Man, listen. He did Patrick Patrick different in every aspect of quarterback. So really, there's really like his style of his style of play. There's really no comparison. We had some audio issues towards the end of the pod, but thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers show. Ike and I plan to be back next week breaking down everything you need to know about the upcoming offseason and the NFL Combine coming up at the end of February and early March. Keep it here on Believe in Steelers. The offseason is underway, but there is plenty to discuss. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review. And on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. For Ike Taylor, swagging you. My name is Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Believe in Steelers show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.